you ready there, Victor? Sure. All right, well, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Mosh Pit. Uh, I'm Dave Wright, and I'm Kim Ferris, and we have Victor Adeo. So, and uh, you are you, and we are going to get started today. And, um, Victor, as you know, we we always have some music at the beginning, and Victor just. Um, he said country, and I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we compromised and went for some uh, Southern rock here with Leonard Skinner. What do you think about that? I'm cool with this. You're cool with that? Yeah. You're, yeah, that's great. That, is that all right? It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me. So, um, so Victor, what you've got some pretty interesting things going on. Um, first, tell us about yourself. What, who are you and what group are you with? Sure. So I am with... Um, the End User Services Organization within Enterprise Shared Services. And that's, uh, that's John Williams, right? Yep, he, he that's John that. Williams' organization. Yep. He's our Office 365 guy. Office 365 program, the National Service Desk, and the okay. Enterprise Service Desk, um, all the field services folks. We have a virtual team and a strategic and strategy and lifecycle team. Oh, wow, okay. It's a pretty large group. It is. It's, a, yeah. it's north of a thousand folks. And wow. what, do you, what do you do in that group? So, um, have two main roles in that group so my uh, one of my roles is is one of the directors within Northern California and oversee desktop network and telephony support across uh, across Northern California uh, it's myself and a peer of mine and then another role that I have is the asset management process owner and so do a lot of work around asset management maturity um, we oversee an asset management COE that really look to maturing processes, filling gaps, whether there be process, technology, or tools, or people, and um, and continuing to to enrich that 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 space there. One of the things I thought was interesting is you were you called us up and said, "Hey, we're we're tagging laptops, right?" Yep. So what what was I mean? We've had laptops here for a long time. I think what what do you guess? How many laptops do we have here? Do you think? So we have about three hundred thousand workstations um, okay. across the enterprise. Um, in terms of notebooks versus desktops, I, I think there's about 75,000 of those are, are notebooks and the other okay. are, are desktop used in our med medical facilities. So, so, so 75,000, so probably refreshing them is about the same every year coming in then, right? Yeah, so or we have... a third of that, right, at least. Yeah, so we refresh uh, our desktops every four years and our notebooks every three years. So okay. um, we've, we average about 80,000 uh, refreshes per year in the workstation space. Uh, next year is actually going to be a hundred and about a hundred and five or hundred and ten thousand. So how many of those are going to be max? Uh, very few. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a little inside jab at somebody uh, on our team. Um, anyway, okay. <laughs> so uh, how do you manage those today? What's what's the process for how do you keep track of those? Yeah. So as you could see, there's a lot of stuff coming in out of the organizations organization. So just. Uh, um, so part of that is as we procure devices, and this is on, ongoing to support not only our tech refresh that we mentioned, but we have projects going on, investment projects where, mm -hmm. you know, as new buildings or departments come, come online, we need to make sure that we can deploy those devices um, and growth in terms of new, new employees. And so um, we actually store about 100,000 devices in across the 400 storage, storage rooms that, that, that we have. What? Really? Yeah. And they're um, at, so, you, so you store them, store them for deployment. That's that's everything. So that's workstations, that's printers, that's monitors. Now, of those, we have about forty-two thousand. A large portion of them are workstations. Okay. 
And then, and they're stored in the stock rooms, right? Yep. So we have about 400 stock rooms across the enterprise. Um, and that these are, are, stored. are those in like medical facilities, or are they just in kind of like administrative? Or like a mix? Right? No. So a majority of them are going to be in our medical facilities. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But like here in the Pleasanton Technology Center, would there be one there? Yes. So there we have a couple here. Okay. Um, to support a couple different um, initiatives, you know, one is more dedicated toward refresh, and the other one is for break, fix, and net new, and those kinds of things. But yeah, these will be spread across all our different buildings. They have acid tags on now, right? It's like a little metal. Yep. Let's see what that looks like. So stickers. Yeah. Stickers. And it's yeah. like, it looks like a. Is that a barcode? Yeah. So the current standards, are there the label. So it's just basically a, a label that has the acid tag as well as the serial number associated to that device. Okay. And then how do you count? I mean. Is there, a, I mean, do you just have people running around with little barcode guns? Yeah, so they use their phone? Because <laughs> I have that barcode app on my phone. It never works right. Yeah, so so we do have, uh, so we do leverage a tool from AMI, a company called AMI called Asset Track, mm -hmm. and that interfaces with our asset management system. And it does have a iOS app. And so with the iOS I was just app, kidding. You're serious. They yeah. walk around their iPhones? and They okay. walk around their right. iPhones. <laughs> and uh, we, you can either use your camera or... A lot of our technicians are equipped with these small Bluetooth handheld scanners that are paired with their phones, mm -hmm. and they can walk around and scan asset tags or serial numbers and interface with, with the asset track application. Wow. So you have almost, did I get, if I'm doing the math right, you have almost close to a million managed assets. We do have a million managed assets, yes. So if you talk about end-user devices such as uh, notebooks, desktops, monitors, printers, um, yeah, it adds up to wow, just, uh, wow. And so you got to run around to these four hundred stock rooms and like with your iPhone and scan every yeah, one of these. Yeah, so, so, so how that works. So <laughs> thankfully, not all million are, are, are in our stock rooms. But yeah, so <laughs> one one thing, one of the things that we've uh, we we make sure to do is to to make sure that our systems are accurate. We have a recurring schedule where we in fully inventory our stock rooms, and that's really to make sure that that the data within our systems. Um, it, are accurate and uh, to make sure all of our processes are being adhered to. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's very. So those those hundred thousand devices that we that we talked about earlier is being in those stock rooms. We are we are scanning those um, every four to six weeks. <gasps> oh my goodness! Are you serious? There's people walking around with iPhones in yep. the four hundred buildings, four hundred rooms, scanning these things. That is correct. Okay. I'm I'm gonna guess. Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna lead you here, but is that was that the problem? Is that where Th you're? That's the problem. <laughs> is that how we got to the problem? That, that <laughs> so tell me about what the business problem is then. Yeah. So so we definitely want to make sure that we're adhering to processes. We understand where our assets are at, and a big a piece of that is definitely the stuff that we're storing. And mm -hmm. so uh, inventorying that if that that equipment is definitely challenging uh, because it's. Um, especially with the type of tags that we use right now, it's line of sight, um, barcode, mm. barcode scanner. So um, we, we so do, they, do they have to like? I just I'm picturing in my mind like laptops like in an old record store. Somebody flipping through it looking for a record, yeah. Yeah. pulling it out and scanning it and putting yeah. it back in. Is that so, really what it's like? Yeah. So we typically you'll it's very common that you'll go go to one one of these storage facilities and there will be ten laptops stacked up and wow. literally scan, move, oh, stacked vertically, scan. Yep. A lot so, of times. so you got to pick up to get the last one. You got to pick up. The weight of nine laptops, dev laptops. Oh, well, you probably shuffle through them. <laughs> you pull it out like a deck of cards. Like, exactly. What's this? Poof. So, uh, so yeah. So that's definitely something that. that so is the, is the business problem just the amount of time it takes to to do this? Because it's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time you get done, you got to start doing it again, or is it? Yeah, pretty much. So we this this process on average takes about thirty hours per 
per service area. So thirty um, times four hundred, right? Yes, not four hundred. So uh, it's actually times 30, 37 now. Okay. So, uh, but we do spend quite a bit of time every month or every five weeks um, performing this activity. Mm -hmm. So and you're trying to cut down the amount of time to do it. Is that correct? Really and that's and that's really just one use case. I mean, we have several other use cases where technicians are scanning devices as mm -hmm. as they come as they come through through the organization or through through the life cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so before we even before we even needed to scan this because we're storing it, this device already showed up at one of our receiving docks on a pallet where we also had to scan the pallet to make sure that we we acknowledge that it is now in possession. Right. Kaiser. And so it takes a long time to do this, you know, with bars code line of sight, but how how's the accuracy been for you guys? Has it been, you know, a lot of manual error or is it relatively about hundred percent? Yeah, so I mean it's definitely a manual process and mm -hmm. it would it would align with any kind of the amount of error, the human error around the manual processes. So right. um, there's many times where we've done reconciliations and someone forgot to open a drawer or look or, or scan this palette or those kinds of things. So mm -hmm. it definitely this the manual process is definitely um, um, susceptible to to human error. Right. Cool. And so that's um, so you're looking for a new you were looking for a new way to do this. What were some of the uh, options you were thinking about? Yeah, so um, one of the things is really looking at looking at the type of tags we we're using. So um, you know, RFID was it was interesting because it it would handle a lot of the the air, the challenges that we that, that we were faced. One from time, mm -hmm. but the other one was as we continue to mature our asset management processes, we wanted to look at how we can automate some mm. some some of these functions. So being able to initiate an audit from across the country for a stock room that, you know, if I'm in city in California, I can, let's say, mm -hmm. audit a stock room in Colorado or Georgia or Silver Springs. Or, yeah. yeah. So, oh, wow. um, so that was another area that, that we were really looking at. How can we start to lay down some foundation to, to support? So and, and I think you knew you wanted to use, continue to use asset track, right? That was one of the requirements. Yeah. So as of right now, you want to change the back end process. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So asset track, um, is the tool that we primarily use for that, and, and that already has uh, an interface with the asset management system, mm -hmm. um, and all, also already has support for RFID technology. So, um, because of all of that, we definitely were looking to see could RFID satisfy um, some of these use cases and really create some some efficiency. Now, why why RFID and not? Is it because it was passive, or I mean, was there other? Did you look at any active solutions like maybe BLE or Bluetooth or anything like that? So or you just went straight to RFID. So as for part of for the proof of concept that we 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 executed this 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 year, it was definitely targeted toward the RFID technology. We do um, as we're in the facilities, we do come across um, active RFID. So a lot of the clinical devices are currently already tagged right. with mm -hmm. RFID tags. Um, some of the challenges there are they're it's big, right? They're a bit bulky, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, like this, uh, it's like it's like a cube of butter you're yeah. sticking on your. Head. Don't don't think you want to carry a. A MacBook Pro with a big uh, bar soap, cube, cube the, yeah, bar soap <laughs> attached to it. Yeah, <laughs> it does kind of like a bar soap. It's got the rounded corners. That's right. Okay. Well, and so you guys partnered with Impinge. Now, tell me a little bit about what you guys did with Impinge. Yeah. So we were working with Impinge because they have what's called a. Uh, I'm gonna probably butcher this. An echoambic chamber. Did I pronounce that right? Anya. Anya. Anya echoambic chamber. 
So this is a room where they can test tag placement. And Wait, so frequencies. this is the room. Is this the room that you see like in engineering studios, like audio engineering places, where it's like the cones, the foam cones sticking out of the walls? Is yeah, it like that? it's one of those places where you can walk in and clap your hands, and it's just like a muffled sound. There's you don't no hear it's dead. You don't hear anything. Is yeah. that weird? It, it was really neat. <laughs> yeah, so when I saw pictures, I thought it was more of an, is an isolation room. But uh, well, I think it's like, well, I think that's what it is—an isolation room for radio frequencies, that's right? right? Yeah. So why did you, okay? So why, so working with Impinge, why why was that necessary to to use that one of those rooms that I can't say? Right. <laughs> so the benefit there was, you know, when it comes to passive RFID, it's kind of a double-edged sword. There's a ton of different options for tags. So that gives you a lot of flexibility, but at the same time, if you're not, you know, supremely expert in, you know, tags, tag types and tag placement, there's too many different ways you can go. And it's kind of like, you know, where do you start? What's going to be the right tag for me? What What's going to work for the material my laptop's made out of? What's going to work for the distance I need to track and the accuracy I need? So having one of these chambers allowed us to send them a sampling of our assets. So we were able to send them, you know, one of our dev laptops, one of our standard laptops, you know, new generation, old generation, and then Impinge was able to test out, I think it was uh, 13 different types of passive RFID tag. Wow. Now and these well, so these tags, for people who don't know it, they, mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of like, um, they're like decals, right? Some like, of Kind of like yeah. a foil decal, almost if you're like aluminum foil in the shape of a band-aid maybe. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. Something like that, right? Yeah, some of them are almost identical to the, uh, the stickers we have for barcodes. Okay. Um, some of them have a little bit of like a foam uh, lining on the inside, now, why is so that? it's kind of a bit thicker. And this is mainly because a lot of laptops or a lot of assets, if they're made of metal or have liquid in them, oh, the so tag sometimes yeah, it gets interference. So they okay. add this really thin layer of foam, which helps the like tag get Like an air gap, right? So it doesn't yeah. make contact with the metal? Yeah. And so okay. that was a primary concern for us is, you know, IT assets, laptops, you know, monitors, these are all, you know, some of the more challenging things to tag with uh, passive RFID tags. So we want to make sure we got it right. Well, Victor time. said nobody's getting Macs, so the Macs are the ones with the metal lids, <laughs> right? So... <laughs> I didn't quite say no one was getting back. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and it's not just testing, you know, a couple dozen different tags. It's also where do we put the tag on the asset to where it's going to read the best. Oh, right. So they tested it in 23 different locations. So not only was it a dozen different tags on these assets, they tested those dozen tags in 23 different locations. So you're right, you really can't put it on the side of like a mat because it's so thin. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to worry about that. because. <laughs> All right, let's look at this one. This is an HP. I guess, you know, it's a little bit better. I mean, I guess you could fit one here, a small one here, right? But then it's only on one side, right? So yeah. So they did the test with, with these these devices, our actual laptops you sent them? Our actual laptops. We sent okay. them a sampling of KP assets. They tested them all out. And then they sent us a few slides showing, you know, really detailed graphs of what the performance was like, what the read range was against the accuracy of picking up the tag. And then also just kind of usability, you know, what's going to annoy a, a user if there's like something sticking out of the side of their laptop versus something much more low profile right. and not so mm -hmm. obtrusive. Well, that's impressive. That must be some pretty interesting equipment they're using to test that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I imagine they have it like the laptop on a pedestal or something and then I'm just envisioning this and then like an antenna shooting radio frequencies at it. Yep. You guys all wearing like lead aprons and things <laughs> to make sure you're not getting impacted by this. Yeah, thank, thank God we weren't there in the room with it. But okay. <laughs> so they sent us uh, some recommendations. They said, you know, here's one tag that we think is going to get you the best bang for buck. You know, it's not the most expensive tag. It's not the most capable tag, but it's also, you know, more discreet, much, much more likely to get some uh, user acceptance. You know, when we put these on literally every employee's laptop. And so they gave us that recommendation, and it's a tag that's just a little bit longer than the current barcodes that are on the laptops, and maybe a millimeter or two thicker. 
with mm. a little bit of foam. Okay. And what was neat about these was you could actually print on top of that. So the idea was that we can put these on the laptops and still print a barcode on top of the Oh, so it kind of eases in the transition yeah. between the two systems. They don't have to change their process all at once. Exactly. They can continue to use the barcode. Oh, that's clever. And, that's and really it gives clever. you a backup, too, where for whatever reason oh, yeah. you can't pick up a passive tag, you can still pull out a barcode scanner or an iPhone yeah. and then get the same information. Well, and I guess, you know, what would be interesting, too, is I, I know... You know, a lot of times people get new laptops or there goes one person leaves a group and the laptop goes to the admin of that group and all of a sudden they've got like four laptops sitting for six months in, a, in their drawer. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully... You'd be able to pick this up with RFID, right? Yeah, and hopefully yeah. they're not sitting in that drawer. Hopefully we're leveraging <laughs> the, the IT Come on, tile. it happens though, you know. <laughs> but, it, but I mean, you could then find, it helps you with the asset Absolutely. tracking, right? You could, you could have an antenna that say, hey, we know where those four laptops are. Yeah, that was definitely another thing that we were looking at is... We know kind of RFID is fairly new, uh, you know, but as we start to tag our devices and as other use cases come up and other technologies leverage RFID, we can start to piggyback on some of those things. And mm -hmm. so, you know, as let's say we've identified a, one, one of our assets as being one that um, we cannot locate. And if so TOR, TRO, TRO could find it. Absolutely. If okay. we start, if it's if as it passes the doorway, if it if we if right. they got detected, those are other use cases that yeah. that definitely are not in the near term. But as we start to really deploy this technology and as we start to RFID enable these devices, mm -hmm. a lot of those opportunities come to play. Or or putting antennas at the loading dock and inventory in the minute they get on the loading yeah. dock, so you know, okay, they're on the loading dock. How long does it take to get from the loading dock to the depot rooms? Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you could track it that way too. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, I just want to be. So you you, you sent this out and you got tests. You got a bunch of graphs. Yep. You figured out the the tag you wanted to use. Then what happened? So then we were thinking about you know okay, we need to establish a baseline. You know we need to really see you know with a sample set of assets how long does it take to do it with the current process. You know so what's you took, involved. So you did like a hundred assets or something. Yep. We we set a nice even number hundred sample assets that included. Uh, various different types of laptops, it included desktops, a couple monitors as well. Um, and then we, we captured that. We went through the process and we, we actually took a video to kind of see, you know, how people do it. Watch them. And these are, so these are people who do this all the time. They're oh, not, yeah. they, they know how to flip through <laughs> these things pretty fast, right? Yeah. But even with that, you know, it's interesting because, you know, they would scan it with the, the Bluetooth uh, barcode scanner. You'd hear like a bloop. Which tells you that you, you actually know, did that perfectly. How, how'd that go? You want to do that again? I don't know if we got to capture that. We can use that as a soundbite later. Yeah. There you go. Is that what it sounds like? Sound, that's, that's perfect. We had to hear it a lot. <laughs> okay, so how long did it take to, to scan the sample set of assets? So yeah, so when we did that sample set, mm -hmm. um, we did it several times with a couple couple different folks, and on average, it took about twenty minutes, twenty to thirty minutes to scan all hundred assets. And, and that wasn't just the scanning too, right? There, there was a piece of time where they just had to uh, like arrange the laptops in a way that made it convenient to go, you know, line aside. So that time's scan, not scan, counted? Scan. That's, in, that's Oh, that's included. included. Okay. Yeah. And these are people who do this regularly. It's not like I went in and did it or you went in and did it. Right. This is where people, people know what they're doing. The full-time job to do it. Yeah. Okay. So they probably got their own little system set up to be efficient. And yep. Okay. Yeah, they're moving thing, thing, things around. And so it definitely took quite a bit of time and it takes quite a bit of time um, mm -hmm. to be able to do these these manual inventories. Right. Okay, so so you did the baseline. Yep. And you brought these tags back from Impinge. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? So then we went through and, and you know this is where it comes in that you know we we had to be scrappy and we need to take each of these passive RFID tags we got 
and associate them to a laptop. So we looked at all these sample laptops and what their AM number was. What's an AM number? That's so their asset management number. Asset yeah. Asset is that what AM stands for? Uh, I believe so. That's clever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Burst of creativity. <laughs> somebody came up with that one. <laughs> so that's, you know, the unique ID associated with that particular laptop. Mm -hmm. So we we encoded each of these tags with the, the same value. So that way when a passive RFID reader sees the tag, it gets that AM number. And we also took a pen and, and wrote right on top of it the AM number for each of those, which a little bit of manual work, but you know, for for a test, that's for a cheap test, you sure, know, it works sure. out great. Yeah. And then we put these passive tags on each of these sample laptops along with their barcode. Mm -hmm. And so then, once we were able to do that, we got a couple different models of handheld passive RFID readers. Um, one was from a company called uh, Zebra, which is one that uh, Asset Track, the the app, actually had support for already. Okay. And the other one was a a, a variant from Impinge, the the folks who helped us do the tag uh, placement testing and and selection. And that one, Asset Track was able to build us uh, a quick integration to let us do the test within okay. the app too. Now, why did you pick handhelds and not the antenna, the the, the X-ray antenna? What, what was yeah, the reasoning for that? Is it just you want to be like for like or? Yeah, for to start, actually, maybe this would be a good one for you, for Victor to talk to. Sure. So, so one of the objectives of the the proof of concept is really to assess the ease of implementation. So, um, as most of our devices are stored in medical centers. Uh, many times in Oshpod um, locations, you know, to start to hardwire antennas. So, so Oshpod is is a regulated area, yes. or is there an area yeah. that's controlled or something? That's is correct. That? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so if you're penetrating walls, those kind of things, there's there's a, a much more stringent permitting pro process that right. you have to go through. And so, um, from an implementation perspective, it would be much longer term. And so, when we were look when we were looking at initial use cases. Um, enabling handheld scanners is, are things that we can procure um, pretty reasonably. I mean, I think they're averaging $1,500. $1, and we can deploy them across the enterprise and pretty quickly start to enable this technology while we start to plan for things like fixed antenna readers. And so okay, on. and that makes sense. And so you can take the same people, very minimal training then, because they're already sort of doing that physical point in the iPhone at the device, right? Yep. So it stays the same. Yep. Oh, that makes that's brilliant, brilliant. So how? So what? It, okay, I'm dying to know now. <laughs> what, okay, you did an A/B test here. I'm sure. What? What? Uh, what was your test on the hundred assets? What did it come out? So Kevin, you want to? Sure. So you know, comparing to the baseline of taking about twenty to thirty minutes to inventory the sample hundred assets, on average, we were able to do it with the handheld passive RFID uh, readers in about a minute and a half. No way. Same accuracy. 100% accuracy. And so, so that minute and a half, was that the time it took for them to maybe move the objects to get get access to the tags? Or yeah. Is that what was involved there? Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit different in the approach because, you know, with the barcodes, you need to kind of stack them up in a perfect way so that way you can go boop, 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 I boop. boop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, for the passive RFID, the handheld, you know, you don't actually have to arrange them, you know, particularly to do the scan. You oh, can do right, a bit of a spray and, uh, pray and spray. Okay. Oh, okay. And then sure, that makes sense because the radio frequency is going out in all directions. It's not like a light right. beam that's going out in a, in a, to pick up the, um, 
the uh, barcode. Right. I got it. Okay. Which means, you know, in some cases you might have to backtrack a little bit. So you'll you'll be going along and it, instead of sounding like a broop and then yeah. you know over and over again, it sounds a little more like Sonic the Hedgehog picking up a bunch of rings at once. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a. <laughs> 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 yep. That's what it was. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, that was probably by design. That's probably like a, <laughs> that's probably like an open source like public domain noise that you can download <laughs> sound effect. So. What you do instead is you just kind of sweep the area and you hear it going off and you're looking at the ASIC Trat app and you see, you know, it has like an audit function where you know there's, you know, 100 assets and you can see, you know, of the 100 you've picked up, you know, 70, 80, 90. And then, you know, you may reach the end of the room and it says 96 and you know, oh, there's four more and I just didn't get them. And you can start to backtrack and, you know, at first it seems like, oh, well, it didn't pick up all of them. But that's not the point. The point, though, is that you know, once you see which ones you're missing, you can just kind of go back a little bit more carefully and then pick up those last four. Oh, so it's not re-registering all the ones you've done. It knows you no. just saw them. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. It that's ignores cool. all the ones that you've already seen, and it only picks up the ones you haven't seen. So you'd be a little bit more aggressive with your waving around yeah. then. Yeah. And the minute and a half average includes the time it takes to go yeah. and backtrack. Oh, wow. So, you know, in some cases, if you were lucky, you might be able to pick them all up in 45 seconds. Wow. Wow, and yeah. that's with a manual handheld yeah. device. Yeah, I mean, so really no difference. We have the same eyes, the same... Uh, iPhone, the same iPhone app, yep. um, wow. just a different reader. Wow. You know, and one, one of the other things that was pretty, pretty, pretty impressive with the proof of concept was people's faces after they did this. I mean, before, <laughs> if you know, if technician would do do the inventory if, as they scan the last tag, you know, they were like, "Oh, this is done. I'm so happy." Finally. Where, <laughs> where you know, after they did this pass, they're like, really? I mean, they're smiling, they're excited, <laughs> they're like, "Wow, this was this is great." So. Um, so definitely a benefit there. I mean, the, and the other benefit is generally just from a workplace safety perspective. I mean, every time we pick up things, oh, I didn't think there's, about there's, there's a possible, um, you know, chance of hurting yourself or anything. So, the, you know, so minimizing those kind of the movements. Wow. And, I mean, there's definitely some additional benefits here. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, speaking wow. of benefits, um, I'm sure you've done the math on this. Do you, do you know how many, like, how many hours do you save from your current, I mean, yeah, so if we look at the current use case around um, the inventory, the, the reoccurring inventories um, of our stock rooms, we estimate that we can save between 2,000 and 2,200 2, hours, <gasps> man hours. A, a per month, year. Per, per year, yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. So if you take that and not even the other benefits, like possible physical injury or downtime because of that yeah. or um, even, I, I mean, your 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 estimated cost of savings is probably pretty. Oh yeah, so we, with just this subset. I mean, correct. this is just one portion of what you're doing. One small portion. Yeah, I mean, again, these these devices already came through our dock where we may have already spent 20 minutes scanning a, a pallet. So if we saved, if we scan that same pallet in a, a minute or two, mm -hmm. you know, saving 18 minutes there every time a pallet shows up to one of our docks, and then every time we scan it's missional. So there's as you know, as we continue to build on these use cases, the savings just continue to That's incredible. multiply. So what are some of the other sort of additional benefits you got? I mean, you mentioned one of them. I mean, you've got certainly operational efficiency. What else What else is there? Uh, Kevin, do you want to, do you want to touch on some of those? Or? Sure, okay. yeah. I, I know one of, when we were there, you'd mentioned, you know, sometimes when you're going through, you know, the process, you might have, like, the app freeze up and, you know, Previously, you know, when that happened, if you were towards the end of, of you know, an inventory, you, you're 25 minutes in and the app freezed up, 
sometimes you'd have to start over. Yeah. And that's like a tear your hair out kind of situation. <laughs> You're like, sure. Oh my God, I can't, yeah. like I have a meeting, I can't do this. Yeah. But you know, we had the app freeze on a cup on us a couple times, you know, especially using kind of the, the really quick integration built for the, the other handheld scanner from Impinge. And you know, when that happened, it was just a shrug. We're just like, oh, okay, well, we'll start over again. You know, it's, it's 30 seconds, yeah. not a big deal. So, you know, that's definitely a value add too. Yeah, I mean, the, and definitely, like we talked about earlier, the, the staff and staff and customer satisfaction. I mean, that's it was, huge. It was, that's, that's, you know, yeah. people came out thinking, man, this was cool, right? The, fact that, the fact that left such an impression on you, watching, mm -hmm. observing them, that's, mm -hmm. that's got to yeah. be a much happier staff. Yep. So, and then some, some of the future state, I mean, RTLS is, is definitely kind of growing and, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, starting to really figure out how we can how we can really kind of create some automation, you know, so as things come in and out, whether they're stock rooms, whether they're buildings, knowing mm -hmm. where to go find, I mean, you know, we talked about it er earlier, we refresh, you know, next year we're gonna refresh 100,000 devices. I mean, at some point, if we, you know, one of the biggest challenges we have in refresh is locating devices. Yeah, um, right. You know, and so as we start to deploy this technology, being able to quickly identify where that device is at with, within one of our facilities mm -hmm. will, um, will have huge benefits from, from, from a refresh perspective. And I think also, um, you, you, you touched on this earlier about picking a standard platform and being able to use it with multiple applications or be able to leverage the infrastructure, uh, which in, I guess what really does is it lowers the barrier adoption to any new project. Mm -hmm. Just last, this week, I had a phone call with uh, Lynn Fisher. Do you know, you know Lynn yep. Fisher is? Yep. And she actually mentioned you and the project you were, this project actually, because she's looking to do the same thing with servers yep. in racks. Mm -hmm. So as that infrastructure gets deployed and becomes more ubiquitous throughout the, the, the buildings, you know, TRO can take advantage of that greatly. I mean, we start tying it into workflow of other, other Absolutely. applications. So that I think that was a really important part that, that we shouldn't skip over. I mean, yeah. the importance of having a, I guess, a, a standard or a, yeah, standard technology and having those guidelines in place. So every net new project, because I think a lot of, there's a lot of, so many use cases for RFID. It's mm -hmm. not, and I think um, you, you said too earlier that RFID is kind of new. RFID is not new. It's been around a long time. The new, cap there's very new capabilities that are very yeah. new. It used to be right. the RFID was on or, it's there or not. Yeah. And now with like Rain RFID, if the pinch, you can be able to tell location, yep. X and Y and sometimes Z. Sure. Uh, speaking of that, Kevin, you just had a, I think you did a demo of the Impinge X-ray antenna and the same labels that Victor's using on his laptops in San Francisco. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so that was at the uh, IT Leadership Forum, and I think we talked a little bit about this at the last Mosh Pit meeting, so I won't dive into that. But one of the, the uh, demos we had set up for that event was for passive RFID. And so we took the exact same tags that we had used on the laptops in, in the proof of concept for, for your group, and we put those on these wooden blocks, and you know we painted them different colors, and we set up one of the impinge antennas called an X-ray, and that's one of their kind of their you know emerging technology you know variants that allows you to. Is, it, is this one that's mounted in the ceiling or on a wall, like a door? Um, it can be either way, but this one is typically mounted in the ceiling, this about one? Okay. optimally about 10 feet above head. Okay. And so that's a big antenna that can do location from those passive RFID uh, tags. For, for like a wide area. Yeah, yeah, and one of those, you know, geez, we saw a demo at Impinge's uh, headquarters in Seattle where they had one of those powering a whole warehouse, and they had a similar kind of demo with blocks and 
they were able to get down to a few centimeters of accuracy. So, yeah, so we talked about, you were talking about the data centers and servers, and I mean, U elevation, it would be key there. So not knowing, yeah. exactly, not just knowing which rack it's in. Which, where is it? Where, where in the rack, yeah. exactly. So, awesome. But so, um, I mean, Victor, do you see potentially, how, how, I mean, do you see the next step of the handhelds moving to an antenna similar to this in, the, in each of these 400 rooms? I mean, wouldn't that sort of eliminate yeah. Or I mean, go almost eliminate so the need to go in. So that's definitely the long. That's definitely the long-term vision. Uh -huh. Is you know, um, now there's there's a lot of capital that's required, and a lot of planning to mm -hmm. kind of make that happen. But definitely the long-term vision is to um, consolidate some of our storage areas, equip them with the appropriate technology like RFID fixed antennas, so that a lot of this, a lot of these functions can be automated and, and performed from from anywhere. Fantastic. So, do you want to give us? Um, where, I mean, where, how far are you away from getting ready to implement this? So, we're still uh, working through through uh, some of the, the business case. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Our next step is definitely looking to um, create a larger pilot. So, maybe look at a couple different um, service areas mm -hmm. and different types of devices. Different maybe. types of devices expand just from a storage use use case. And across the different use cases, mm -hmm. and so that's what definitely about, kind of. What about recycling? Is that involved in there too? I mean, yeah. So as we, so part of our disposal of these devices and um, some and, and the work we do with our disposal agent is we have to scan them actually several times while they're going through that process. So right. as these devices are already enabled, again, there's there's a lot of ben benefits there yeah. as well. And it, I, I mean, I just be great when we start having these things that are loading docks, right? So you can start to say we're not we're not accepting shipment of these from a vendor unless it has the RFID yep. tag on it and then we know when it's arrived and, and so can track it through there. Well, Victor, thank you so much. Is there any, anything else you'd like to, to mention about your project that uh, maybe others would be interested in or how they can find out more about it? Yeah, so uh, if you want to hear more about our, our pilot, feel free to contact me, victor.adeo at kp.org and that's A-D-A-O. Okay. And I definitely want to thank uh, Thank David and Kevin for all your support during during the proof of concept. I think it was extremely successful and hopefully helps pave the way for some of our future I implementations. Well, we sure are hoping so. So, well, thanks again for being here with us today. Um, you know, we ought to do. Sorry, we didn't have any country, but I, I guess I could put Leonard Skinner back on. Huh? We could do that. Cool. How's that? Perfect. Put Leonard Skinner <laughs> back on. So, where are you headed after us? Where are you going? Heading back home? Where's, where's home? We're at home. Home is the Sacramento area. Sacramento? So, yep. Have a couple more meetings today and then and you're back. Yep. Oh, well, there's a big accident on 580, but you probably came 80, right? Or you came the other direction? Yep. Yeah. I may stop by, uh, we have an Office 365 migration going on in, uh, in Napa Solano, so, I, that's, so I'm passing through there, so I may stop by there and check it out. So and see, then, how, see how they're doing? Yep. All right, Victor. Thanks, man. Thank thanks you. for coming by. Appreciate thanks, it. Kevin. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Bye.